SCP-6365 Milk on Sundays Object Class Euclid Special Containment Procedures All roads leading to Greenback, New York are to be blocked off, and a 3-meter-high carbon steel fence is to be installed around the perimeter of the town. Four guards from Task Force Size 629 Footnote 1, also known as Mind Over Matter, Already be stationed at the entrance of Greenback at all times, armed with amnestic agents in the event of a breach. All individuals entering Greenback must have a clearance level of at least 3, a minimum cognitive resistance value, footnote 2, used to measure an individual's resistance to cognito hazards, of 10, and direct approval from the current lead researcher. Should Task Force Size 629 receive any notice of the anomaly spreading via SCP-6365-2, there to become mobile and be dispatched to contain the anomaly. Task Force Size 629's mobile assignment is to obtain any instances of SCP-6365-2 outside of Greenback and bring all occurrences of SCP-6365-2 to Site-529. If anyone has consumed SCP-6365-2 by the time Task Force Size 629 has arrived, they are also to be brought to Site-529. Additionally, those near where the new instances of SCP-6365-2 should be monitored for any changes in technology usage and or behavior. Description SCP-6365 is a mind-altering anomaly affecting the suburban town of Greenback, New York. The anomaly began on July 10, 2016, a Sunday, when SCP-6365-1 manifested on every doorstep in the town simultaneously at approximately 9 a.m. SCP-6365-1 is a humanoid entity, roughly 1.98 meters in height, wearing a black and white uniform, resembling those common to mid-20th century milk delivery services, with brand markings for a non-existent Milk on Sundays Co. Upon manifestation, SCP-6365-1 produces six glasses of a liquid presumed to be milk and then disappears after placing the glasses on the doorstep. SCP-6365-1 has not been observed to do any activities other than this. The glasses of milk, designated as SCP-6365-2, resemble glasses used in milk deliveries prior to 1950. SCP-6365-2 creates a strong desire for anyone near the liquid to consume it, but this effect can be nullified with enough concentration from the observer. However, tests showed that some subjects are still not able to resist SCP-6365-2, it may need to be physically halted from getting to SCP-6365-2. After consumption of SCP-6365-2, anomalous effects begin to manifest to whoever consumed it. Footnote 3. Amnestics have proved ineffective against these effects. Listed below is a timeline that shows the anomalous effects of SCP-6365-2 after being consumed. One day. The person who consumed SCP-6365-2 who will further be referred to as Subject 6365A, begins to use modern-day technology less. Two days. Analogous items from Subject 6365A's house that were not in use pre-1950s begin to disappear and may be replaced depending on the item. This occurs slowly starting with small objects before moving on to bigger objects. Three days. Subject 6365A's personality, dialect, and in rare cases, accent shift. Dialect often switches to being always happy, 
language use becomes more professional, and interjections have been observed to be used more, an accent transforms into transatlantic. Five days. The process of modern-day items disappearing and or being replaced is finished. All possessions of subject 6365A have disappeared or been replaced with analogous items historically accurate to the 1940s. How exactly this is performed is unknown, but due to the sudden disappearance of large objects, it seems to be through reality-altering methods. 7 Days Subject 6365A begins to paint their house gray. Additionally, any photos taken of Subject 6365A or photos taken in their vicinity will come out black and white. 14 Days Subject 6365A's memory begins to be affected as they begin recalling events that never happened in their life. This includes, but is not limited to, interactions with others that never occurred, getting on a high school sports team, and getting high-ranking occupations. Subject 6365A also may begin forgetting events that happened to them, most often traumatic events. 30 Days Subject 6365A's memory is reset every day, forgetting what happened the previous day. However, Subject 6365A still can recall some events in their life, whether real or fabricated. Subject 6365A still functions as a humanoid being, and these effects seem to have not caused any issues in their life. Conclusion The anomaly's mind-altering capabilities seem to alter the mind of Subject 6365A to believe the current era is the 1940s. This effect is aided by the changes in their household. The anomaly was discovered when many members of Greenback reported SCP-6365-1 to their police station for suspicious activity. By the time the Foundation arrived, the entire town of Greenback had consumed SCP-6365-2. The town will from this point on be referred to as SCP-6365-3. SCP-6565-3 has changed its social structure immensely, and the entire town has started to discuss different political matters. The citizens talk about how strong central government has become, and how corporations have posed a threat to the American lifestyle. Many residents talk about what seems to be a war, which is assumed to be World War II due to the mentions of fascist leaders. It should be noted that the people of SCP-6365-3 seem content with their lives and lifestyles, and show no desire to leave their town. They seem to have not noticed anything different about themselves or others, However, testing has shown that when someone wears clothing with the appearance of the post-1950s era, the citizen's attitude shifts. This includes, but is not limited to, verbal abuse, apathy, viewing the person wearing such clothing as inferior, physical assault, and stalking. Footnote 4. In the link stalking case recorded, as soon as the person, who was wearing a modern 2012 lab coat, left SCP-6365-3, the citizen returned to their normal duties. Interview 6365-1 Interviewed Lillian Rowe, a citizen of SCP-6365-3 Interviewer Dr. Richard Kochev Forward The interview was conducted 16 days after SCP-6365-2 was consumed by Miss Lillian Rowe. Begin Log Dr. Kochev Good morning, Miss Rowe. How are you feeling? Lillian Rowe. I am feeling great, but I feel that Miss Rowe is a bit too formal, so you can call me Lillian. Well then, Lillian, have you noticed anything different about you or other town members? 
this is the most excitement we've had in years, being interviewed by... Wait, what are you guys again? We're just some scientists from the government taking surveys. No need to worry. So, before this interview, I heard you discussing with your neighbors about some sort of milkman? Yep. You see, every Sunday, Ben puts our milk on our doorsteps for the week. We don't have any way of keeping it cold, unfortunately. Can you tell me more about this Ben? Perhaps some of his employment history? Where he lives? Stuff like that. That Ben is like a son to me. He's been our milkman for nearly six years now, at least I think. He hasn't been working for too long, but he really seems to like his job. Always shows up at 9am exactly. He works for milk on Sundays, I think. I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. Oh, and he's about 28. His birthday was a few weeks ago. How long has he been working for milk on Sundays again? <laughs> I just said that, 12 years. He's really good at his job, you know. Milk always comes at exactly 9 o'clock. I don't know how he does it. You have said he's worked for a little bit, 6 years and 12 years. He said he's like a son to you, but he's 3 years older than you. Additionally, you never told me where Ben lives. Oh, that's Ben. He's so whole milk that you would think he only does his job to get those children the nutrients and not for any money. It seems like that, too. He hasn't even asked for a raise yet. Isn't that crazy? Whole milk? Oh, you know. When someone's really kind? Have you never heard that before? I have not. However, you still have not answered any of my questions about Ben. Yes, I have. I've answered all of them. You sure are one lousy policeman, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just kidding around. I could never do that to you. It's a wonderful day out, isn't it? Well, Lillian, I believe that's all I have to ask you currently. You may go now if you would like. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day, mister. Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't think I ever caught your name. It's Dr. Bradley. Well, you go and have a great day, Dr. Bradley. And let me know if you need anything else, even if you're just hungry. <laughs> End log. Closing statement. Even after further questioning, any information about this Ben constantly changed, except his name, occupation, and place of work. More interviews showed similar results. Subjects were constantly contradicting themselves and continued despite attempts to point out these discrepancies. The whereabouts of SCP-6365-1 after manifestation are unknown, but Foundation staff have seen the entity and confirmed its existence. Few interactions have occurred between Foundation personnel and the entity, but SCP-6365-1 continued as if the staff member was not present. Listed below is an interaction staff had with SCP-6365-1. Exploration Log 6365-1 Forward. The following log is from a video camera put on Agent David Bush's vest when going to interact with SCP-6365-1. Begin log. Agent Bush walks towards SCP-6365-1. Agent Bush. Excuse me, sir? SCP-6365-1 showed no signs of hearing Agent Bush. Ben, is it? 
Still no reply from SCP-6365-1. Hey, buddy. Agent Bush attempted to tap SCP-6365-1 on the shoulder, but his index finger went straight through SCP-6365-1. He quickly pulled it away from SCP-6365-1. Fuck. What do I do now? Dr. Kochev. See if a more static object can phase through it, like a stick? Agent Bush grabbed a stick from a nearby tree, and it as well phased through SCP-6365-1. Roughly three seconds later, SCP-6365-1 demanifested as its task was finished. Well, that's... certainly interesting. Come back to the site. Agent Bush then exited SCP-6365-1. End log. Closing statement. From the log, it has been concluded that SCP-6365-1 is a type Pi spectral entity. Footnote 5. A spectral entity that cannot be interacted with and shows no signs of higher intelligence. Often assigned to spectral entities that only do one or two tasks. Addendum. 6365-1. On July 10th, 2017, exactly one year after the anomaly began, the town of SCP-6365-3 started to air on TV. This was discovered by Agent Claudia Lind of Task Force Chai 629 when she was watching television to pass the time. While changing channels, she paused in the channel that showed SCP-6365-3. Lind was a guard for Interview 6365-1, so she recognized the interior of Lillian Rowe's home and immediately reported it to the Foundation. Anything that occurs in Greenback is televised onto this channel. The town does not seem to have any awareness of this fact. The program seems to be a sitcom set in the 1940s, filmed with granny cameras and laugh tracks. Due to the fact that it is just a normal sitcom, the public is unaware of what is truly going on. However, due to the need for further interviews and testing, Dr. Logan Andrews has been assigned to the anomaly. Debriefing Records 6365-1 Lead Researcher Dr. Richard Kochev Newly Added Researcher Dr. Logan Andrews. Forward. Prior to this debriefing, all that Dr. Andrews knew was that he was being assigned to a new SCP. Additionally, as Dr. Andrews suffers from Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, ADHD, he was permitted to bring a fidget. Begin log. Dr. Andrews. You know, somehow I knew you'd be the one debriefing me, Chev. Dr. Kochev. I'll... Let that slide as a nickname, but just this once. Dr. Andrews, you have recently been assigned to a new anomaly, correct? That's what I've been told. Why would I be here if I wasn't? Well, here is your new assignment, SCP-6365. I'll give you this file to read. Please let me know when you've finished. Why don't you just give me a little story time? Dr. Andrews began reading but then stopped about halfway through the article. You know, it's been a while since we've worked together. Last time I remember seeing you was when, Logan, just read the damn file. Dr. Andrews finished reading a few minutes later. The further he got into the article, the more he began to fidget. I'm finished. Thoughts? This certainly is strange, but in our line of work, everything is. Why am I being assigned to this? Because this small little town is now being broadcast to the world, and we would like to keep testing it. Additionally, you needed a new assignment, and 
given your skill with improvisation, we thought you would be a good fit. I'm sorry, but what did you mean by being broadcast to the world? It's on television. It's like some weird sitcom and we have no idea how to stop it. The channel it's on doesn't even have any trace of ever existing. There are so many more researchers who could do this. Why don't you pick any of them? Didn't you read the file? You, you need to have a high CRV level, of which you have an abnormally high level. We have no idea what will happen out there, but you'll be able to handle it. Oh yeah, I remember that now. Huh, what do you know? At this point, Dr. Andrew stopped fidgeting and began to wave his index finger while talking. Excuse me? I remember you always used to talk about how you wanted to get to level 4 clearance. Now, here you are, in charge of an anomaly. Sounds like you're trying to get that promotion. A promotion would be nice, but it's not like I need it. There is a minute-long silence, accompanied by the noises of clicking from Dr. Andrew's fidgeting. So, what do you say? Any questions? I mean, I guess I have to. I'm glad you're joining us. End log. Given these new circumstances, new measures have been taken. Secondary class has now become consensia. Footnote 6. An esoteric class for anomalies that the public needs to be misled about. The Department of External Affairs, DEA, is now involved in the anomaly. Any changes to the special containment procedures must be authorized by the DEA. Any testing ideas must be authorized by the DEA. The DEA is involved due to its objective of obscuring anomalies to the public. How we proceed with SCP-6365 being broadcast is very important. We need to be very careful with our testing from now on. Obviously, we have Dr. Andrews to help with that, but at the end of the day, he is human. He could make a mistake, and just one slip up here might require amnestics for the whole world, which we don't have the supplies for. He seems ready for the change of pace, though. So I, along with the DEA, officially approve further testing of SCP-6365. Best of luck, Andrews. Dr. Kochev. Post-addendum testing log, 6365-1. Researcher. Dr. Logan Andrews, while being supervised by other Foundation personnel, watching through a television. Testing subjects, Lillian Rowe, Fred Rowe, and Jill Rowe. Forward. Dr. Andrews walked up to the doorstep of Lillian Rowe, her husband Fred, and their daughter Jill. The entire scene is being broadcast on television, so it is crucial Andrew remains in character. Begin log. Dr. Andrews knocks on the door, which is heard on the television. The citizens seem slightly confused but open the door. Dr. Andrews. Good morning. My name is John and I'm traveling through town for a few days. Care to show me around? Lillian Rowe. Why, hello. I'm Lillian Rowe. We don't get many visitors. Come in and take a seat. Fred Rowe. Hello there. I'm Fred and that over there is my daughter Jill. Welcome to our quaint little town. Can I get you anything to drink? How does some milk sound? No, thank you. I've already had some milk for breakfast this morning. Dr. Andrews raises his index and middle finger assigned to researchers watching that there were no cameras or abnormalities in the room. 
Well, it sure is a good thing you're drinking milk. I swear, you should look at the kids who don't. Jillrow. Once, this kid at my school didn't drink milk for a whole week. Then he got stuck in a tree. We don't even know how he got there. It sure was funny to watch. Laugh track. Really? Well, that's interesting because from this point on, any conversation recorded is from Dr. Andrew's memory. For the first time since SCP-6365 started airing, a commercial appeared. The commercial was for milk on Sundays, though it never listed any ways of contacting them. I had many friends who didn't drink milk when I was your age, and they turned out just fine. Would you, Would you like, like some milk? Um, not thirsty? It's good for you. It's right here. Just one little sip. Well, would you look at the time? I have to go, but it was nice meeting you. Stay. Dr. Andrews begins to leave, but Fred and Lillian Rowe pin him to the ground. Jill begins to walk towards the milk on the table in the other room. Well, uh, this is awkward. I'll just see myself out. Open wide. Son of a bitch. Dr. Andrews attempted to throw Fred and Lillian off of him but they did not move at all. He punched Fred in the stomach and Lillian in the face, and then he ran out of the house towards the exit of SCP-6365-3. End log. Closing statement. Just after Dr. Andrews left SCP-6365-3, the show resumed as if nothing had happened. However, Lillian appeared to have a black eye. Post-addendum testing log, 6365-1. Discussion. Forward. Immediately following Dr. Andrews' statement of what happened during the testing log, this interaction occurred in Dr. Kochev's office. Begin log. Dr. Andrews. And then I ran back here. Dr. Kochev. Why did you do that? What do you mean, why? I almost became some zombie-like thing. I feel like that's a pretty good reason. Do you know what your job is? You need to research this anomaly, not run away from it. I can't research the anomaly if I can't remember who I am. Don't speak to me like that. I am your superior and listen here, you little shit. Just because you're higher up than me doesn't mean you're right. And maybe I shouldn't talk to you like that, but you shouldn't just yell at someone for something that wasn't even their fault. I did what I needed to survive. And now people are going to be wondering why their favorite character has a black eye. Dr. Andrews began to appear visibly distressed. Well, their favorite character assaulted me. Get the hell out of my office. We both know I did absolutely nothing wrong. And we both know this is because you're worried about that stupid little promotion of yours. Fuck you and fuck your promotion. Dr. Andrews then stormed out. End log. Closing statement. Dr. Andrews was put on paid leave by Dr. Kochev for disrespecting a superior. Well, since he did end up making a mistake, we are now down one researcher. I will take full responsibility for the next few tests. I will do what Andrew did, but better. Dr. Kochev. Post-addendum testing log, 6365-2. Researcher. Dr. Richard Kochev while being supervised by other Foundation personnel watching through a television. 
Foundation personnel also spoke with Dr. Kochev through an earpiece, telling him what to say. Testing subjects. Lillian Rowe. Forward. Dr. Kochev walked up to the doorstep of Lillian Rowe. Dr. Kochev was told to be Officer Bradley, who was just following through on an investigation. Begin log. Dr. Kochev. Take two. Dr. Kochev then knocked on the door, which was answered by Lillian Rowe. She opened the door to her house a few seconds later. Lillian Rowe. Why, this sure is a surprise. Dr. Bradley, right? That's right. Mind if I come in? Just need to ask you a few more questions. Come on in. Dr. Kochev then stepped into the house and was visible on camera. As soon as he did, he showed signs of distress. Dr. Bradley, are you okay? Yeah, my ear is just ringing a bit. Foundation personnel tried to communicate with Dr. Kochev, but he did not show any signs of understanding. Kochev then moved his hand to his right ear and deactivated his earpiece. Do you mind if I take a seat? Of course. Would you like a glass of water? Oh, yes, please. Dr. Kochev then took a seat and seemed to show signs of confusion. Lillian then gave him water, which he quickly started to drink. Wait a second. This isn't... Another commercial for Milk on Sundays played, the second one since air. However, this time it listed a number to call. Once the commercial ended, Kochev was nowhere to be seen. End log. Closing statement. Further investigation showed that Lillian put a small amount of milk in the water, which caused Kochev to start to gain anomalous effects. At the entrance, a note was found which is attached below. It's best if I don't come back. Continue on without me. Dr. K. Dr. Kochev is now considered terminated by the Foundation, though it is acknowledged that he has not ceased life function. He has been on television multiple times and has been seen responding to Dr. Bradley. He is now employed in a previously non-existent lab at SCP-6365-3 called MOS. Footnote 7, likely an acronym for Milk on Sundays, Labs, which is a popular location for children in the town. In the science lab, Dr. Kochev often gives instructions for low-risk scientific experiments while children follow along. There also is a chalkboard with many numerical and atomic equations on the board, although upon further inspection, none of the equations make sense and seem closer to random numbers and elements. Additionally, Dr. Kochev has an assistant at the lab named Dr. Andrew Chase. The other citizens of SCP-6365-3 show positive actions toward Dr. Kochev, often complimenting his science work. Dr. Kochev has shown signs of a decrease in professional behavior and a large increase in happiness. After an investigation into his paid leave, the new lead researcher is Dr. Logan Andrews, and he has decided to suspend further testing for the time being. Incident, 6365-1. Forward. Below is a transcript of the commercial that appeared during post-addendum testing log 6365-2. Begin log. Narrator. Are you tired of the same old boring milk? Are you struggling to stay in shape? Introducing Milk on Sundays, the most reliable milk company with the most nutrients. A picture of a milk carton showed on screen. Don't just take my word for it, though. Take it from one of our best milkmen. SCP-6365-1 appeared on screen. SCP-6365-1. 
We have the best milk on the market. Simply call to get your order in today. The number redacted appeared on screen. End log. Closing statement. When the number given in the commercial is dialed, a male voice says, Come back soon. We're not ready yet. Milk on Sundays could be every day for you. Thank you for listening to SCP-6365. If you enjoyed this SCP, please like and subscribe, and follow the link in the description of the SCP Wiki, and vote to support it and the SCP Wiki as a whole.